The Forum at 8 on SAFM. So as I said earlier on, we're ending off our Friday Forum on a rather high note today. We're examining whether or not South Africa should consider legalizing marijuana. The current legal status of marijuana, weed, dacha, whatever you want to call it in the country. As you all know, it is still illegal in South Africa. But it's quite obvious that there is a market and it keeps expanding year after year. Some statistic pointing to well over 200 million people around the world who smoke marijuana and have access to drugs. So given the high number of drug busts and more people advocating for the legalization of marijuana, we can take, for example, the dacha party into consideration. How did they feel about it? Even in the United States, President Barack Obama recently acknowledged to an editor at the New Yorker magazine that marijuana is less harmful than alcohol to the consumer. Seeing beyond the smoke in the mirrors, they say, skeptics and health experts opposing the drug say there's reason to be concerned about the long-term effects it has on the brain, especially on your short-term memory. There's been reports of it even inducing schizophrenia in others. So, is it worth considering legalizing marijuana, or is it just going to be too difficult? What do we have construction work? Is out there operating heavy machinery, smoking marijuana. Wouldn't the company want to know this? Is it being considered in South Africa? How would we consider it? Are we doing enough tests? And ultimately, should we, at the end of the day, consider legalizing marijuana? 34701, if you'd like to SMS us on the hotline number, you can give us a call today, 0891-104208. That number again, 891 104 208. You can also email me, amlive at safm.co.za, but also find us on Twitter and Facebook, amlive on safm, amlive on safm. And remember, if you'd like to download any podcasts of our interviews from the week, my favorite so far has been with Danny Jordan from uh, Safa, who we spoke to about Bafana Bafana earlier this week. If you'd like to download that podcast, simply go to sabc.co.za forward slash safm. But let's return to marijuana. As I introduce my guests today, we'll talk to Jeremy Acton, the leader of the Dachau Party. Mr. Acton, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning. Thanks for having me on your show. Much appreciated. Also joining us on the panel, Sam Pillay, director at the Antri Drug Forum. Mr. Pillay, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Dustin. And Professor J.P. Fanikak joining me, the former dean of the University of Cape Town Medical School, and he's also currently the managing editor of the SA Medical Journal. Professor Fanikak, a great pleasure. Thank you for your time. Uh, good morning, Dashan, and uh, good morning to your listeners. Perhaps I can start with you, uh, Mr. Acton. We, 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 we'd like to believe that uh, this is something that we can do in South Africa. Do, we, do, do you think we should consider legalizing marijuana? I think that we actually don't have a choice. Firstly, because Dacha is not only about the drug issue. It's also a, a, a very, very valuable agricultural and economic resource for people. And we need to actually legalize Dacha so that we can use it as a carbon pool for clean energy instead of depending on fracking of the Karoo and these, this expensive petrol that we have to buy from the fossil carbon pigs. So there's lots of reasons we should perhaps consider legalizing it. Mr. Pillay, uh, we, we can't deny there's a terrible impact on the community, though. Well, for me, it would be an emphatic no, Dashan. You know, I, I think decriminalizing or legalizing Dacha is, is ridiculous thought. Because, uh, you know, what people are forgetting here, they look at the economics, they look at the going green and all of that, they forget about the people. And, and this is what we do on a daily basis, and we see it firsthand. We see people coming to our office, desperate mothers, desperate families. We see the effects of this drug on the people, on the community at large. Not just the individual, but the whole family and the community at large. For 
make this legal, I think it's crazy. I think it's ridiculous. You know, Russian, we see, and, and what, what is also missing in this whole discussion is the youth who are mostly affected by it. We see 12, 13, 14-year-olds, even now, although it is not legal, not criminalized, uh, not decriminalized rather, experimenting with us. And from our experience, would this experimentation at this early age, if they get away with it, and the high is not enough because the tolerance level to this drug increases, then they will be going on to the next one. They graduate to the, to the, to the serious uh, drugs. And most of the 10,000 odd people that I saw in the past nine years when working on this problem start with Dhaka. Professor Fanikak, is that true? The, the gateway drug that Dhaka has been often called, you know, giving one access to that realm of, of drugs and then, uh, you know, slipping deeper and deeper into the, the, the dark abyss? I think the evidence uh, is not um, as convincing that it's a gateway drug. In fact, um, the evidence is, is quite the opposite, that in fact most people who take marijuana use it as what they call a terminus rather than a gateway drug. It's true that um, people that use the more hard drugs such as heroin and cocaine and LSD and so on quite often also use marijuana. But one could use the same argument for alcohol and cigarettes, that they're gateway drugs. The reality is that um, all drugs can have harmful effects, and that includes uh, alcohol, cigarettes, but also marijuana. The likelihood of one becoming addicted is much less with um, marijuana than it is with um, alcohol and cigarettes. Less than 10% of people that use marijuana become um, addicted. 30% of people who smoke cigarettes do so, and something like 15% of people that use alcohol. Give us a call today if you have a thought on this topic. Should we consider legalizing marijuana or not? 0891104208. That number again, 0891104208. Where do you stand on this issue on whether South Africa should consider legalizing the drug or not? Three four seven zero one. Now, Mr. Pillay, if we if we look at at countries around the world, Uruguay, for example, has decided to legalize marijuana. Netherlands, we know, has fairly lax laws around marijuana. They they say it's 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 not legal, but they don't really police it at the same time. Uh, Colorado, Washington, two states in the United States that have made it legal. It's it's also uh, you know sort of medical marijuana is available for use in in California. Although we know those laws again are, are so easily subverted that it's kind of available for recreational purposes, not just for medicinal purposes. Why couldn't we follow what seems to be a, a growing consensus around the world to legalize marijuana while keeping the harder drugs, which you say has the most, the worst impact in the community, keeping those illegal? It doesn't mean that everybody else is doing this right, Russian. You know, and I think some people even regret it. The people that done it a long time ago, like, like in the um, Netherlands, for example, uh, they they regret doing this, you know, where they have legal cafes where you can go and find mm. the same people are abusing it. Um, the, the thing is, they're forgetting the impact it has on people. And, and, and that is a, my great concern. It's become, because of the drug situation in the world is so big with all the hardcore drugs, this is, the drug seems to be the lesser evil. So let's allow it. So what happens next, you know? we go to the next level and allow that too. So for me, I think we have to just take it right here. 
and, and what people are forgetting as well, looking at the impact on the youth in particular, because that's when it all starts, and I don't think too much of work has been done in that field. Because, you know, I work with this on a daily basis, on, on the ground. I'm not just studying it and going through uh, some research. We're looking at people on the ground. Um, most of the learners that come to us, referred by principals and so on, who are conducted some kind of deviant issue in school, bullying, aggressive behavior, violence, they tell them for DACA tests. You'd be surprised at how many of those guys are tested positive. You know, the, the so-called naughty guys in schools who get into trouble all the time, you'd be surprised how many of them are on DACA. So that group of people are in trouble all the time. Those people that are experimenting, it does have that kind of effect. And from one drug, it leads to the next. From our experience, you know, when we see these guys who come with the heroin addiction later, when we ask them about, this, you know, where did they start? You'd be surprised at how many uh, started with DACA. I, I, I'm not going with the statistics that uh, mm-hmm. the doctor just gave you. Well, Mr. D- uh, Professor Vanikak, how, how would you respond? Here's someone who says he has the experience of working on the ground contradicting the research that you say you have. I mean, really, the, the body of evidence is very small. Even, you know, Obama's saying, well, you know, it's, it's no more harmful than alcohol. Th- there's very little research out there, or while there is some. Well, the research uh, that has looked at the potency of various drugs finds convincingly that, in fact, alcohol and cigarettes are much more dangerous than uh, marijuana. And, in fact, uh, in the UK, 90% of drug-related deaths are due due to um, legal drugs, alcohol and cigarettes. But if we look at uh, the United States, for instance, at the use of marijuana, which is very, very extensive, in fact, compared with um, um, Holland, which you mentioned are the Netherlands, the youth in the Netherlands are less inclined to use uh, marijuana than in the United States, where it is mm. a, a, a banned drug. So the evidence uh, doesn't point the, to the um, harms that people uh, claim. Now, the other thing is one country decriminalized the use of all drugs, including the hardest drugs. Uh, and, in fact, the, the ten years afterwards, the evidence is that every parameter has improved. There's less use of these uh, drugs in, um, in the school children and so on. But more than that, the collateral damage for putting people in jail for, in fact, what is, in fact, uh, not, should not be a criminal offense is far more serious than uh, any of the other harms that uh, we speak about. 34701, if you'd like to write in, George Mbeta from Klerkstorp saying, yes, it should be legalized, it's long overdue. Simpiwe from Mpumlanga saying, Dacha is legal anyway. In my community, people grow and smoke Dacha with no problem from the police. They just watch. So why worry, he says. Uh, Devolt in Cape Town, Dacha is safer and less addictive than alcohol and cigarettes, medically proven, only associated with drugs due to prohibition. And Simpiwe says, uh, if Dalin Yebu, a prominent member of the DA, supposedly, talks openly about his Dhaka 
then smoke away. The list goes on, including in Yayope. And uh, Tandimpi on Twitter says, It should be a nuisance. It's criminalization. Used it on its own. It has a calming effect, and a short-term memory loss is a downside. Let's go to the lines then. Develt is calling in from Cape Town. Develt, good morning. Good, good morning, Darshan. I'd like to just comment to Mr. Pillay and um, say I'm a professional person. I've been smoking Dacha since uh, I'm 18. Um, I don't have any of the negative effects that he's been, um, you know, noticed no, or noting that it's a gateway drug. Um, it is something that I use uh, instead of alcohol, um, basically just to have become a little bit more social and relax in the evenings. Mm. So all these negative effects that uh, he's mentioning and that it's a gateway drug, it's really just a fallacy. The people that do get involved in harder drugs, we're going to go there anyway. And it's usually due to social ills and the fact that uh, Dacha is associated with harder drugs due to drug pushers. And now, uh, that that causes those issues. So does it not? You say you're a professional person. How does it affect your work? Could, could you tell us what kind of work you do and, and how it affects you? Uh, well, I'm a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't use it during you know during office hours. Mm. Um, I'm a sales you know sales and marketing manager, but so I don't use it we're during told office the, hours. We're told the effects are you know long lasting. They may actually last into the next day or at least weeks, even in some cases. So, I mean, any effect on your work? Not at all. How would you describe, you know, the effect of being stoned to default? You know, people talk about being high, you know, that feeling of euphoria. I mean, how do you describe that, that stoned effect? Well, possibly, in the, you know, the, the first time you, you try it, it is definitely a, a very euphoric feeling. Um, however, from, uh, you know, fr- once you start using it, you know, on a regular basis, it is very much a calming effect. Uh, it, does, uh, it does put you into a better mood. Um, so that's, that's really just a, it's a mood-altering substance, not a really mind-altering substance. And does the threat of arrest not stop you from uh, finding ways of, of you know, getting a hold of the drug? Well, the threat of arrest is obviously always there. Um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, it is criminalized. Um, addiction shouldn't be seen as a criminal act. It should be seen as, a, as an illness. Uh, I really feel strongly about that. It is, it is socially, uh, it is a social ill, not, uh, you know, not a criminal mm-hmm. act. And Devolt, you say you're not addicted. No, not at all. Well, thanks for your call there. 0891 Andre's calling in, and then we'll also take gift before we return to our guests. Andre from the SA Cannabis Working Group is called in. Andre, good morning. Good morning, Darshan. Thanks very much for having me. You're welcome. So what would you like to tell us, Andre? Um, well, Darshan, firstly, uh, there's a lot to say. You know, people keep talking about marijuana and cannabis and Dacha and hemp and there's a thousand names for it, and in this country there's more than a thousand names, there's an extra nine. Um, if we could bring it straight down to the topic we're discussing, it's cannabis. Mm-hmm. And all those other names are just known as names for the genus cannabis. In South Africa, the law against it is based on the 1992 South African Drugs and Drug Trafficking Act, and it refers to cannabis. So if we can just talk about what the law is talking about, we're talking about cannabis. With that in mind, <coughs> in South Africa, there has been 13 years of cannabis research that has been funded by government to the tune of about 1 billion rand. And so far, we've got nothing to show for it. And I think this is the first crime that a lot of people don't know about, is that the South African government has actually been doing research into cannabis 
And for 13 years, they've been spending a lot of money at it, and we've got nothing to show for it. So there's one of the questions that we can start asking while we have this discussion. And like you said, Colorado, Washington, Uruguay, and even the city of Turin in Italy um, decided to legalize cannabis on its own outside of the, the national law. Andre, thanks for calling in there. Andre from the SA Cannabis Working Group giving us a call today. Gift and Peter Marisberg, good morning. Hello, how are you, Dasha? Good, thank you, Gift. What would you like to say? Well, well, looking at, I'd like to say hello to your listeners and uh, to, to your guests. Mm-hmm. Um, well, firstly, the financial benefits. We know that currently the majority of people selling this, this <laughs> drug, and I quote, drug, um, um, are majority black, and uh, legalizing it would solve a serious problem that we have in South Africa, an economic problem. Um, especially the, you know, the imbalances of the past would be somewhat addressed slightly. So, the next point with that uh, is that the health benefits. We know that uh, cannabis has been used in India. In fact, it is the oldest medicine known in India, Western sort of medicine known in India. And and then the one other thing that I would like to dispute is, is the fact that it's called a gateway drug. The reason why it's called a gateway drug, Darshan, is because it's easier to get. It's because it's cheaper, it's cheaper to get than most drugs. It's more readily available. It's not a gateway drug. It's the first thing that people can get their hands to. Uh, at 13 years old, you can't even afford uh, uh, any other drug. Dhaka, you can. So it's not really a gateway. It's just that it's easier to get. And some people now have given it the name that it's a gateway drug. But really, it's not a gateway drug. And the medical benefits are known to, 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 to the community. And if the government will help, would, would be able to somehow tax the sellers, tax the buyers, uh, the government would make money. Everyone wins. Gift, thanks for your call there from Peter Marisberg. Well, if you don't agree with uh, any of our callers, give us a call as well. We want to hear from you if you think marijuana should not be legalized in South Africa. Three of our callers, they're all thinking that it should be legalized. There's a body of evidence they believe uh, that uh, calls for it to be legalized. But uh, we would like to hear from you if you think that it shouldn't as well. Give us a call, 0891 There's stories, uh, as uh, Gift says, um, there's stories about marijuana being brought to the African continent from Asia, and supposedly it was here during the time of Jan van Riebeck, it was used widely used among many different African traditional tribes and cultures. And then somehow it became vilified. And uh, an SMS I read earlier on saying perhaps it was a conspiracy of the pharmaceutical industry. As soon as they realized they could sell, they would not be able to sell as much aspirin as they would if marijuana was uh, was was legalized. They decided, well, let's criminalize it. What do you think? Three four seven zero one. If you'd like to SMS me on the hotline, you can also tweet AM Live on SAFM. Talking to uh, Jeremy Acton, the leader of the Dachau Party. Let, let's le- deal with what Andre was saying about the amount of money we're spending as a government on determining whether Dachau is safe or not. W- what's the status right now of our uh, of our efforts to to investigate marijuana as a government? Um, I, I've been a sad uh, a spectator from the side on the South African hemp research program. Um, I, I do know that it is a very secretive and elitist grouping that excludes other people from applying for permits to participate. And um, as, as Andre said, a lot of money has gone into the research, but very little has come out of it. And I also, uh, because it's done through the CSIR, when one puts in a, a freedom of informa- access to information a request via the courts, 
uh, one gets a reply that it is a, a, a commercial secret of the CSIR, and we're not we as the public are not entitled to uh, the knowledge of the, the, the results of the research. And that's absolutely not acceptable. The CSIR works for South African citizens and not for private vested interests, um, which hope perhaps in the future to control the cannabis genome and the benefits for, of, of uh, planting cannabis. Also, the whole permitting system, uh, which says to one, per one person you can have a permit and to another person that you can't have a permit is absolute rubbish because we should all have equal access to this economic resource. Another thing is that the hemp research program has actually emphasized the use of foreign imported seed, mostly from Central U Europe, which uh, has a different day length to South Africa. So that seed in the South African situation goes to seed earlier and we don't get the yields of fiber that we could with a, uh, a more climatized genome. The Dacha Party is called the Dacha Party because we stand for the indigenous cannabis sativa that grows in the homelands and the uh, places all over South Africa. We must use this genome and allow people to participate in a nationwide production uh, so that we can actually uh, uh, develop equity and equality in the right to produce it because the way governments and states might want to legalize this is to permit it and, and very seriously control it but limit people's right to participate in the economy that can come out of this uh, mm. plant well, and I mm. really on the hemp research program I think the whole thing should be cancelled and we must go for legalization We'll talk more about hemp, uh, the treatment or medicinal benefits of marijuana and its impact on you and whether it's enforceable. And I want to take up that discussion uh, when we speak to Sam Pillay, director of the Anti-Drug Forum. Stay tuned. Exactly 8.30 now. Time for your news headlines with Vibhakshini Chetty. 27 minutes now to 9. Rowena Bird coming up with Morning Talk. Rowena, hi. What are you talking about? Hello. Today? Good morning, Dosh. And coming up on Morning Talk today, we will talk about the controversy which surrounds the adoption of double-barreled surnames in African communities. Where does this concept originate and how does it serve African people? Women are increasingly choosing this option just as a way to... I guess retain a certain level of independence from their husbands and uh, then there's the insidious reason of snobbery as well. Do you agree with this practice or are you opposed to it? We'll talk about it in the first hour of the show. New local government regulations have recently been finalized and these will be will see cadre deployment being dropped in favor of qualifications, competency levels and expertise when employing municipal managers across the 278 municipalities in South Africa. We'll talk about that in the second hour of Morning Talk. On Justice Link today, we'll get an understanding of what bail is and when it is granted or denied. We'll ask all the relevant questions pertaining to this legality. In the final hour of Morning Talk today, I'm actually very excited. I'm thrilled that we're going to be talking to Mr. Joseph Shabalala of the famed three times Grammy Award winning Ladysmith Black Mambazo. He's 73 years old now and he has announced that he's going to be scaling down his activities with the group. I really look forward to that conversation a little later. And today being Friday, we're going to end off the show with the good news feature with Stuart Pennington. That's the show for today. Thank you, Darshan.
Thank you very much, Rowena. 25 minutes to 9. Give us a call, 0891-104-208-34701, if you'd like to SMS me. I got this Twitter message earlier on in my handle saying, oh, gosh, I can't believe this discussion. Addicts always find a way to justify their actions. It's just going to lead to further moral decay uh, of our society. But whose morality? I mean, in some cultures, alcohol is prohibited. In some religions, alcohol is prohibited. But in others, it's not. So whose morality are we really, really challenging here in our society? 34701, give me a call, 0891 Just before the break, we spoke to a couple of callers, and uh, Mr. Sampele, I-, I wanted to ask you about the enforceability of, ma- of, of uh, you know, pro- prohibiting marijuana in society. Is it enforceable? Is it properly enforceable, or are we just wasting our money here? Um, sorry, Dustin, before we go there, can I just comment on one or two of those previous sure. callers then? You know, I'm not saying that the gateway drug for everybody to experiment with marijuana. There are some responsible adults, like we had one professional person who smokes it in the evenings and he enjoys it. There are a few of those people. But if you look at the big picture, you know, where there are thousands of young adults who are experimenting and getting into trouble with it. Now, how do we deal with that? Should we legalize it because of a few people who enjoy it? and have thousands more people destroying their lives because of legalizing it. Is there an so, argument that if you did legalize it, if it was better regulated by government, we could in fact reduce the amount of gang activity, which you're battling with at the coalface yes. in Chatswood, for example. You, if, if we regulated it, we would be able to reduce the gang activity because the drugs would come out of their hands into government hands, and government would then be able to tax that money, would be able to get more income, and perhaps put in more money for your efforts, give you more money to fight drug addiction in the community. I don't think it's practical in South Africa. You could also remember, you, you can't compare South Africa with Europe or America, the first world countries and the third mm. world countries. We're still a third world country. We have DACA growing in backyards already. Now, how are you going to get that in government hand to tax fashion? That's not going to happen. It's really not going to happen. You know, if, if they're looking at taxing the drug dealers, you know, and those drug dealers don't really sell marijuana. They sell the heavy drugs. Dhaka is sold by all and sundry. You know, the school kids are selling Dhaka. So I can't see the tax benefit of legalizing Dhaka. They won't be. I can guarantee that it's not impossible. It's because you're not getting the big drug dealers selling Dhaka. Because how much is Dhaka? Five bucks. Now, he's not going to be selling Dhaka for five bucks and, and be a big, big drug dealer. It's, it's, it's that impossible. It's not going to be impossible to get any money from this for government purposes to give me money to fight my, my, my fight. Let's go I don't think that's going to happen. Let's go back to the lines then, 891 Rose is calling in in Durban. Rose, good morning. Hi, Darshan, and to the, the people on your panel. Um, I'm, an, I'm an elderly lady. I'm 65 this year. I have absolutely no personal interest in Dacha or any kind of drugs whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I have never smoked. And I drink very little. So I'm just qualifying my statement with that. Mm-hmm. However, I think all drugs should be legalized. And they should be sold under proper um, authority and under proper legal conditions because they are being sold anyway. And the other aspect which is so important is the corruption of the police around this issue. Because they can't do it legally... They pay off our 
very um, high-standing policemen, and people get killed left, right, and center. There's the issue of drug mules and people being imprisoned overseas because they need the money so desperately. I just think it's not the drug that is the issue. It's the people that are the issue. The people need to be um, helped to deal with their conditions. And if they are in the drug world, we need to help them. The taxes that come in from it can be used to set up rehab centers, can be set up to use um, for people who need help in this regard. I think that we should absolutely legalize it. We should have it properly controlled. And people must, they are making their own decisions and their own choices anyway. Rose, thanks so let's call. benefit from it. Let yeah. the country benefit from it. I appreciate that. 65-year-old Rose. Not that old, Rose. Thanks for calling in. appreciate your call today. Saying there, Rose, not just uh, legalizing marijuana. She's actually saying we should legalize all forms of drugs. So what do you think about that? I still want to hear from you if you disagree and strongly disagree with the idea of co- even considering mar- um, legalizing marijuana, especially for this impact on children. And I think that's what Sam Pillay has been saying. The impact in the community, yes, if you're an adult, you can make an educated decision, you're a professional person, you've got your own money, you don't need to steal it, you don't need to rob it from a, from a mother, a grandmother in your community. Yes, perhaps there's an argument for, for legalizing it. Is there an argument not for, 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 remain, for it remaining illegal in South Africa? I'd love to hear from you. Anonymous, I think, is going to do that. Anonymous in East London, good morning. Uh, good morning, Deshaun. I'm, I'm actually very worried about the discussion that is being broadcast uh, on SAFM. I have a husband who has been abusing marijuana, using it since 1982. Mm-hmm. He is 54 years old now. He's battling, he's out of control, he's actually using it with alcohol. I have a 13-year-old son, and it's a very serious problem in my home. So from a parent's uh, point of view, who lives with children, I actually caught my son at some point preparing a joint, from the scraps of marijuana that my husband leaves in the space that he smokes this thing at home. So I'm actually very, very worried because I'm worried. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a husband that is now abusing both drugs and my life at home with my kids is hell. Why is it hell, Anonymous? I mean, apart from him smoking it, what, what does he do when he's smoking marijuana? How does he respond to you? How does he treat his children? You see, he, he becomes a, a, a violent, and and I'm not saying that marijuana is the only reason, probably reason for him to 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 behave in the manner that he behaves. But I think if he didn't smoke it at all, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. You see, so it's it's really worrying when kids are involved. Anonymous, thank you for your call there, Anonymous in East London. And yes, absolutely worrying when kids are involved. Professor Vanikak, what would you say to Anonymous? Well, I, I think that uh, that's a very real issue. Mm. All drugs have uh, the potential for danger. She also mentioned that he drank alcohol. Because generally speaking, people that take marijuana, in fact, are, are milder rather than the aggressive effects of alcohol. But I think the important issue is that we should make this a human rights and health issue and not a criminal issue. All these things are happening despite the fact that uh, there's a war on drugs. 
and uh, we should not criminalize the person that is, uh, uses the drugs. We should be able to assist them uh, when required. The vast majority of people that use marijuana use it without any effect on their lives, on their competence, and um, they live absolutely normal lives. Mr. Jeremy Acton, the, we've, uh, I, I was reading the ISS yesterday, the uh, Institute of Security Studies, Gareth Newham, saying that we've got harsh drug policies in South Africa. They're not working. We need to change our approach and stop doing what's proven to fail. How do you think we can change it in South Africa? Um, okay, yes. The Dutta Party has an idea about how it can be changed. Um, firstly, I don't think that this should be centrally regulated by a big brother police state, um, the people are the governance in the local areas. And we can create a format whereby people can uh, collectively manage this resource. You notice that I call it a resource, not, only, not a drug, um, because the drug uh, uh, propaganda is actually not substantiated at all. Well, how, many, how much is it worth? So that, so that it's not propaganda on the, uh, in reverse. I mean, if, if we can talk about actual figures, you say it's a resource. How much is it worth? How much is it going to add to our GDP? How much tax are we going to collect from it? It will be worth billions, and it will create a much higher uh, a potential for job creation in South Africa. If I can explain this plant... Mm. Um, this drug effect that is apparently the, the, the bugaboo uh, that Mr. Pillay is trying to fight is actually the effect which has the medical benefits. If one Googles cannabis cures cancer, you can learn how to make a medicine out of cannabis which can treat cancer. Some uh, has a 70% success rate. Um, now, uh, so that's the medicine. Then the seeds are the most nutritious seed plant food on earth, the highest protein as well, and the easiest to grow. And then if you look at the sticks of the plant, uh, we can get fibers out of those uh, sticks, which is the longest and strongest plant fiber on earth. All the sails of the British Navy and Van Riebeek's ships were made from dacha fiber. I like to use the dacha word rather than any of the others. And then... Um, the inside of the sticks can be used to manufacture petrol or bioplastics. Now, you can see we're paying 14 rand a litre for petrol when we could have our own farmers in South Africa farming dacha and we could be producing cheaper petrol, which means cheaper food, which means cheaper everything. Back to the so, lines and so, so, now, how do we do that? Uh, I believe that every community... That or any member in any the format should be a reconstitution of the way we do business in South Africa. We have corporations and the state colluding to uh, manage resources, and the and the people are just the customers and the workers. Now, if we had a community cooperative for cannabis or a cannabis community cannabis a community cannabis cooperative in each community, so that if you want to grow cannabis. You register with your local community who manages cannabis in your local area and would obviously declare to the state any cannabis used for energy or sell to the state any cannabis that will be used for energy so that the state can get its fuel levy. It's possible to have a win-all-around situation 
in the issue of energy and the, the fossil carbon companies have uh, distribution infrastructure like petrol stations and refineries. That's still an asset to society. Um, but the resource they're working with is uh, damaging to society and it's causing them to profit from other people when actually we could all be producing energy. So I propose that this uh, a community cannabis cooperative in any local area would be the way, best way to um, uh, maximize the benefits and minimize the harms. If there's any problem, so to speak, in the community about, oh, the teenagers are in the dacha, mm-hmm. and, and uh, then it's not a matter of phoning the police. It would be a case of phoning the chairman and the parents' committee, uh, and it would be managed according to the beliefs and values of that community. Okay, Mr. Hudson, hold, yeah. hold on. Let's go to Tumalang, who's been holding on for quite some time from Mai Kang. Hey, Tumalang, good morning. Sorry to keep you holding. Uh, good morning, Dawson. Um, all right, from my point of view, um, we have fallen into the traps of the multinationals. Mm. Where, uh, if they cannot make profit out of a product, it's deemed unfit. When you look at uh, something like Ali, Ali has always been uh, part of African med- medicines. So now that uh, they found a way to make money out of it. Well, Itumalang, to yes. be fair, Sam Pillay doesn't represent these big corporate interests. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't represent the pharmaceutical companies who want to push, you know, aspirin on you instead of marijuana. I mean, he's representing a community that's in chaos, that's dealing with drug addiction on a, on a devastating level. But I do understand that. But what I'm saying is, um, as one of the callers has mentioned, there was one billion dozen that has been spent uh, just to get uh, some researches. So now that the outcome was not what was expected, it's not in the public. It's not uh, put out there so that we can make our own mind. So what I'm saying, for instance, your 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 guest uh, for uh, the the school kids. Uh, uh, one of the users of the black. I'm just saying that is a social social ill. You cannot use a social ill as a, as a, as a reason for not allowing uh, something to be passed through. A social ill has got uh, ways in which we should deal with. We have a problem of kids going with uh, knives and so on to the school, but that is something that needs to be addressed on a different uh, 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 platform, so to say. So what I'm saying is um, we do not have to be praised of uh, all this multinational, because that one billion, I don't think it comes from the state. It's something that is, has been funded, but it's not disclosed. It's so right. it's yeah. all up to us as Africans to make sure that uh, we do not fall prey of all these multinational companies. Tim Lang saying that marijuana should be legalized for medicinal purposes exclusively. Anonymous calling in from Cape Town, then we'll go back to our <laughs> guests to wrap up. Yeah. Anonymous, you're our last caller. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Loud and clear. Yeah, uh, very quickly, I think I'm on the side of those who, who, who look at these um, drug-taking people who are defending themselves, mm. defending a habit which socially has been shown to be really. You have to live with a person who is going through that drug problem to realize this is really serious. Now, they will probably um, continue the professors and say, no, legalize it. Legalize it and you end up in a situation like cigarettes. Now you try and win back and say, no, not, not don't smoke in public places. The thing is, this is self-killing. The person mm. who is representing that drug, drug, what do you call it? Drug the, party? The Dacha party. The Dacha party. You should ask him personal things. He seems to be stammering. He seems to be going from place to place in what he's talking. I mean, the effects of if he is taking drugs. 
are very obvious. We don't have to go that far. The problem of control, we, we are not, the, the state may not be able to control everything, but if you legalize something, if you legalize something, you're sending a message, it's okay to everyone. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing of say Africans, we Africans, we're going, we're going down that slippery slope of mm-hmm. not learning from what other countries have have have, had, have learned. Anonymous, thanks for that call. The anonymous in Cape Town. Well, are we learning or not? Uh, we hear now that the United Kingdom is currently conducting tests, and in the next two years, they could be considering legislation to legalize marijuana. Uh, Mr. Acton, I'd like to give you a chance to respond to that last caller. First of all. I sometimes stutter. It's a defect that I have, so please uh, accept my apologies for uh, this disability that I have. But I want to assure you, uh, the um, caller anonymous, that the prohibition of dacha causes more harm to society and the individuals than the dacha itself. And for that reason, the law as it stands, that is criminalization, is not justified. The law creates more harm than the dacha itself. And as I said, that medaka has a medicinal effect on every user. And it can be used to prevent illnesses uh, and not only cure them when they happen. And mild and moderate dacha use actually prevents very uh, many uh, illnesses related to aging, such as dementia. Mr. Pillay made claims of short-term memory loss and things like that. But that shouldn't be a crime. So... Um, but in the long term, it actually helps against things like dementia and Alzheimer's and multiple sclerosis and diabetes and arthritis and the flu. And so we should not, we should have the right to access to that medicine in our own gardens and not have to buy it from multinational corporations. Mm-hmm. I want to emphasize that the multinational corporations are behind this prohibition. If one looks at the history of prohibition in South Africa, and in America, the multinational uh, corporations are definitely behind this. Mr. Axon, hold on. Okay, so we've got Brashet, who's uh, written in from Cape Town. He says, legalize it, don't criminalize it, don't criticize it. Wayne Moore, uh, Dacha on its own may be harmless enough, but most users consume alcohol at the time, which makes them violent and aggressive. Uh, Angie Pay. Uh, this comes in uh, from Bronwyn, a psychologist who says, be careful if you're genetically predisposed, DACA can cause psychosis. Well, I was reading about this last night, Professor Funikak. There's a, a, the, the book, The Benefits of Marijuana, it talks about the physical, psychological and spiritual benefits. It says that, that DACA has an effect on your autonomic nervous system and creates this feeling of well-being. And the way that it does that is it helps you vacillate between your two natural states, the one of relaxation and the other of alertness. So when people say they're feeling stoned, it's actually a, a mixture of feeling both ways. Doesn't this have long-term psychological effects, memory effects, and, and shouldn't it be criminalized because of those effects? Well, in fact, there's no convincing evidence that uh, heavy long-term marijuana use permanently impairs memory or any other of our thinking functions. That's the first point. If I can make a more general point, and that is that we need to distinguish between legalization of a drug, which means that it's uh, completely sold and uh, used in the same way that cigarettes and alcohol, or decriminalization. Now, decriminalization means that the user is not a criminal. There's a case to be made for the decriminalization of all drugs, as has been done in Portugal with benefits for everyone. 
and there may well be a good case for the for for the legalization of marijuana in that it is less harmful than uh, the uh, already legalized drugs of alcohol and cigarettes but there are no long-term effects uh, that are harmful I'm concerned that the medical benefits have been overstated on this program, but I'm also concerned that the harmful effects have been overstated. Mm. Sam Pillay, how would you respond to that? The the list of reasons for why we should consider legalizing marijuana is growing, while the list of cons seems to be shrinking, even the the, the medical, uh, you know, the symptoms that that it supposedly brings are are kind of being, you know, de-emphasized more recently. Do you think that there's at least a reason we should consider this as a government, as a a country? No, I still don't think so, Dashi. You know, all the research and people that are calling our users who want to defend it, but, you know, just to, to let you know, you know, they mentioned the research conducted by government. I attended a conference recently, or last year sometimes, where a lot of NGOs, CBOs, rehab centers and so on were present. And the research team presented the medicinal benefits, the nutritional benefits, like uh, the professor said, uh, on this, about the seed, the hemp benefits, the tax benefits and all of that. But with all those benefits that they were talking about, the audience was still not supporting the idea because all the people in the audience were dealing with this on the ground. And that's what worries me. Because these people would experience on the ground, like that mother just called now about a husband and a 13-year-old son. We have millions of those people mm. which are nobody's taking care of. You know, that's my concern. If we are going to be legalizing it or decriminalizing it, and because it has medicinal value, People are going to be smoking it. Why are you smoking? Because it admits value. I don't want to get these diseases. So I'm very, very worried about how this thing is going, really. Professor, can I I just come in there? Yes. I just want to clarify one issue. I've never used marijuana myself, but I um, am for its uh, decriminalization and potential um, um, free use uh, as for the other drugs. cigarettes and alcohol. Mr. Acton, would you like to have the final word on this? Um, Yes. I want to say that South Africa is facing an energy crisis with the price of fuel. I've mentioned it before. It is the underlying factor in our economy that is going to make us or break us. We have to jump from fossil carbon onto cannabis carbon, which has been sequestered from the atmosphere. So we have to have a new energy paradigm in South Africa. We need a new social paradigm. Uh, and I believe that uh, the cannabis community cooperative is a, a, another level of organization in our society centered around this plant, which will unlock the benefits and minimize the harms, including the harms presently caused by prohibition. Jeremy. So I say let's legalize it. We can do this. We're not stupid. Let's bring it into this country's future. Leader of the Dachau Party, Jeremy Acton, thanks for joining us. Sam Pillay, Director of the Anti-Drug Forum and Professor J.P. Fanny-Karak, former Dean of the University of Cape Town Medical School and Managing Editor of the SA Medical Journal. So it's up to you. Where do you stand on this issue? Whether or not South Africa should consider legalizing marijuana, you can find out more information from the Dachau Party if you're interested, or join up with Sam Pillay and chats with another communities in Durban where he's fighting, taking on the war on drugs. That's what Nixon called 
recorded back in 73. 40 years on, we're still talking about it. And perhaps the conversation needs to change. That's what uh, some of my guests are saying. We need to be looking at marijuana and ways that we can tax it. Your SMSs, Steph in the Western Cape, we legalized porn shops, etc. Why not? Dacha, it was created by the almighty like us. It's not man-made like alcohol and cigarettes. Uh, this unsigned, the economic spin-offs of Dacha and the stats on addiction try to smother the reality our communities suffer from this, especially the youth. And this comes from a doctor. He says, uh, the risks of cannabis far outweigh the benefits, psychosis, seizures, and, uh, seizure, seizures, and many other conditions are the reality. Try speaking to the mothers of sons who are at their wits end. Parties and religions should stop using pathetic excuses to endorse a demon. Don't open up a Pandora's box. Well, is it? You can decide. Give us a call t- on Monday as we renew the forum at 8 and a whole new set of discussions coming up next week. From myself, Darshan Midli, it's been great to chat to you with this week. Bye-bye.